Hi, welcome to TuneCore's Music Made Me podcast. I'm Nathan Barley-Phillips and we are broadcasting from the London office this time. Uh, I'm really, really pleased that we have got Ayel in um, to have a conversation about uh, her arts and her music. Um, so hi, hi Ayel. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome, you're welcome. Um, so yeah, cool. I think we should start at the, at the very, very beginning. Please like let you know introduce yourself, tell us a bit about you and yourself as an artist, and it'd be really cool to kind of understand like where it all started for you as an artist. Sure. So um, I make sort of electronic R and B music, and um, I've been songwriting for a really long time. I started um, pretty much as soon as I learned how to write. I started writing songs. It was just something that kind of um, came uh, naturally, I guess. Um, when was this? How old were you? Six. Wow. Six, seven. I think that's the age <laughs> you start to learn how to write. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, so I don't really know what, why. <laughs> just it was something I, I would always make up songs, and then I, it just made sense to start writing them down. So that's what I did. I didn't really have a very musical family or anything. Um, so I mean, we we would play music in the house just like any other family. There was a lot of like Destiny's Child and Mariah Mariah Carey that my mom would listen to, and my dad um, is Iranian, so he would play a lot of Iranian tunes and a lot of Oriental music. Wow, so that's, I think, some, that's some awesome, uh, awesome influences. Yeah, I think okay. it, I think it definitely influenced like the way I sing and um, just like some of the skills that I come back to um, just quite subconsciously, really, and. Um, I was a big fan of Beyonce and Shakira growing up. So I had a lot of, you know, like traditional influences that most people do, I guess. And it wasn't really until I moved to London uh, when I was 18 that I started to delve in to a sort of more underground scene, I guess, and explore the more like electronic um, aspects that I now have, you know, incorporated into my artist project. Um, the whole sort of like SoundCloud era and, you okay. know, like looking yeah, for yeah. tunes. Um, that was something that wasn't around uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> so. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's in, I'm fascinated to understand like, you know, that, that kind of period between like six and 18, mm. like you were writing songs, but were you really kind of recording anything then? Or, were you, or yeah. was it just to kind of play to yourself, you know, or? Uh, I started recording because I had this really great music teacher in Sweden, uh, whilst I was still living in Sweden, uh, this was about two years before I moved. I moved to Spain when I was 14. So okay. around like 12, 13, I had this music teacher who would, um, who really encouraged me to uh, songwrite more and to, to really think about how this could potentially be something for me to do as a career. That's really um, cool to have that that young. Yeah, exactly, because nobody had ever encouraged me no, <laughs> to pursue that's really, music that's, seriously. That's really rare, actually, for, yeah. especially at that age as mm. well, you know. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so I owe him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he actually brought in some equipment to school to help me record my first demo. Wow, cool. Yeah. So uh, that was the first kind of recording experience I had. And after that, I was just obsessed with like finding producers and <laughs> continuing right. to record. So as soon as I moved to Spain, that was sort of the first thing I did was just look for producers. And I don't really even remember how I found them, but I found them. <laughs> wow, cool. Yeah. So you were just kind of like mm. super into that, the, the, the scene there and just kind yeah. of trying to make contacts and, yeah. and that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. And I, I found... Um, a really like 
probably one of the only like R&B producers in Valencia in Spain. Right. Um, and he started giving me uh, lessons in production actually around uh, 14, 15. Yeah. And uh, so I started making my own demos and things like that whilst continuing to work with other producers. Wow, that's really cool. So what so what then brings you to London for like around the time you're kind of 18? What kind of happens between that kind of period of kind of mid-teens to 18 that brings you to London? Well, as um, fun as it was growing up or partly growing up in Spain, it's a very chilled country uh, and the music scene isn't really that exciting unless you want to do like Ibiza-inspired okay. <laughs> stuff, right. yeah. which I didn't. So... Um, I moved to London to study music. Okay. And that seemed to make the most sense to me at the time. I didn't want to go back to Sweden, so London. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And then when, so when you arrive in London, what's the, what's the plan for you as, a, as an artist and as a songwriter? Um, so I kind of didn't know what I was doing at all okay. <laughs> when I arrived in no, London. No one does. No yeah. one does at that age. I, I was just, you know, kind of floating about... The first year or so, I don't think I took it very seriously. I was just in school and, um, you know, I did learn a lot, like especially a technique and stuff because I hadn't really been taking a lot of singing classes ever or, okay. or anything so like that, that. Is that specifically what you were studying whilst you were here? Um, yeah. Okay, I, cool. Well, I studied uh, creative musicianship, it's called, and it's just a fancy word for songwriting and performance. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, um, but, but yeah, there were modules in there that were focused on, um, you know, uh, singing and um, some stuff that I, and types of techniques that I hadn't really, you know, gotten the chance to study before. So it was definitely useful. But I feel like the most important thing when you, you know, want to do anything in, in music is to actually go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they can't teach you any of that stuff in school, you know. Yeah. And it, it was quite easy to slip into the kind of like bubble mentality at uni and just like go to the uni events and, and just feel as if you're doing something when really you're actually not doing anything. You're kind of perpetuating like an <laughs> yeah. inner in circle type thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, somewhere along the line, I kind of like snapped out of it and I was like, right, I need to actually start doing something. I'm not going to wait until I graduate. Like I need to yeah. actually start um, figuring out what I want to do, um, what sound I want to have. And I had um, a manager early on. Um, it was kind of like early development management and it wasn't really like, it, he wasn't fully managing me, but just kind of like guiding me. Sure. Do you do you kind of feel like you were both kind of learning learning on the job a little bit? Like you were both kind of oh, like he, sort of coming up at the same time? He definitely wasn't. Like he was oh, super okay. experienced. Yeah. Oh, right. So, okay, um, cool. Uh, he uh, basically uh, introduced me to SoundCloud, I guess, right. in a way. I mean, he found me on SoundCloud, but he also um, kind of um, opened my eyes to all of the crazy stuff that was happening on SoundCloud at the time. Yeah. He would send this like weekly email with um, stuff that he was listening to and thought was exciting and thought was going to pop off, a lot of which did. Yeah. Um, and every week, all of the artists that he was kind of doing early development with would get this email and he would encourage us all to listen to it and kind of, you know, take inspiration from it. That's cool. Yeah, and that's really where I, where my love for new music um, started because that was the first time that somebody had encouraged me to be like, 
listen to this new music and, yeah, and yeah. kind of like really embrace the um the newness yeah definitely <laughs> i think i mean you're right i mean i think sometimes when you're so focused on your own music and your own art it can be actually quite difficult to listen to other people's music yeah. sometimes so yeah just i think being in that kind of creative environment which you know we're, we're definitely discussing in a bit in terms of collaboration and listening to you know kind of getting the the, the influence of other people you know and really yeah. that being a key to unlocking your creative creativity yeah i think a lot of it's also just learning to um listen to music in a different way rather than rather than just listening to what you're being served to what your friends are listening to or what everybody else kind of listens to what the mainstream media wants you to listen to it kind of encouraged me to go out and find new and exciting stuff yeah um something that i hadn't really actively done before and Mm -hmm. that was one of the major things that inspired me to to really get creative with my own project and and really ask myself like what do i want to sound like what do what kind of artist do i want to be and actually create something genuine from it yeah that's really cool and again and again i think a lot of artists kind of struggle to to point that finger inwards is kind of you know there's you're, you're kind of so you know concerned with the songwriting and with the you know kind of develop you, you sometimes it's really kind of hard to say actually what kind of artist am I? You know, what what sets me apart from all of the other artists out there? What's my unique voice? And, yeah. you know, it can take you a little while to kind of to find out what that is. And, you know, some people are kind of finding it along the way whilst mm-hmm. they're kind of releasing and developing. And yeah. it probably constantly evolves, I think, as well. But, yeah, um, of course. And it, and it was the same thing for me, you know, like it wasn't a finished, polished sound when I released my first, you know, EP. Yeah. It was very much just like... I've experimented a bit and I think this kind of sounds cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. so actually, so, so on that, yeah. in terms of kind of finding your own path to kind of self-releasing and that kind of thing, so it was around tw- uh, 2014, 2015 that you find TuneCore, mm-hmm. um, you, you self-release your first tracks, you know, that kind of thing. Talk us about that kind of that process and kind of where you were at at that time and, and how that kind of works for you. Um, so, uh, like most people knew about TuneCore, so I don't even remember how I found out about TuneCore. It was just one of those things like, oh, release on TuneCore, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I did. And, um, it, uh, I actually went through a lot of different phases okay. <laughs> of releasing. Like I released on TuneCore, but I also released with this company called Tradio, mm-hmm. um, which was another distribution platform. And, um, I, I kind of just experimented and, and found out what um, what fit best. And I kept returning to TuneCore just because it's like a, re- a reliable yeah. um, place. Yeah, <laughs> really. that's cool. Good, great. And, thanks, yeah, for, like, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> reliable like way to just self-release and, and be in charge like 100% of what you're doing, um, which was great and um, kind of just allowed me to... Um, to really, yeah, experiment with how to release and, and figure it out. Because uh, when I f- released my first EP, I was just completely completely clueless. I would just like email all the blogs. I didn't understand the concept of a publicist, yeah, um, <laughs> or how to get one. Yeah. So I would just email all the blogs and get like no replies, and be like, "Mom, like, why isn't it working?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So the great thing is, is mm-hmm. you know, you've you've kind of hustled from from day one and and just kind of understood that you've had to kind of make it happen for yourself Mm. which is which is cool so yeah so around that kind of around that kind of time you know things start picking up for you 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 start finding your voice as an artist you're self-releasing things through TuneCore you're you're working on a kind of couple of uh, collaborations with other artists and things as well and then you start you have a conversation with Believe 
um, who, you know, obviously there's a, a very, very strong connection with TuneCore and Believe and we work really, really closely together. But it would be interesting, I think, for me and certainly for, for listeners to kind of, to really kind of understand how that relationship kind of came to be and, and what the transitioning kind of thing was like from TuneCore to Believe and to, to kind of ultimately where you're at now working with Believe and, you know, in the, in the deal that you're working with there. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, Nikki uh, from Believe reached out and kind of, um, you know, brought me into the office um, and explained, you know, what Believe Digital was about and um, how it was kind of this hybrid between a digital distribution service as well as label services with a few different tiers. So you could really cater the services that you needed at that particular time in your uh, career, yeah, uh, which was great. And I've taken steps with Believe um, ever since we started working together um, kind of through those tiers, you know, um, as my project has progressed and um, just, you know, uh, consistently working together with um, the team over at Believe and my own team and making sure that, uh, we're creating like cohesive um, strategies, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just great to have like that addition uh, addition to the team, really, because that's something that you don't have over at TuneCore. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of you know definitely something I wanted to to, to touch on. So, you, do you? I mean, do you feel that actually you kind of you reached the point as an artist where it was important to you to start actually bringing members different members into the team in in all aspects of your business? You oh, kind yeah. of you'd kind of reach that point in your. In your I mean, development, I think you feel it, that it always is. You know, it, it's always important to be building your team. Um, you can't do everything yourself. Like DIY does not like what well, it shouldn't mean. Do it. Do <laughs> completely everything yourself. yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I it, always change that around. Yeah. So I have, a, I call it DIT now. So it's like, just do it together. Yeah. You, <laughs> That's you know, better you, actually. You, you can have that that yeah. DIY ethic, and you can definitely exactly. take a charge of your day to day. You know, things that you need yeah. to do and have control over everything, and have you know the creative, mm-hmm. you know, vision for everything, and you. You know, you definitely, yeah. but ultimately, yeah, at some point you need to delegate, you know, yeah, you can only absolutely. do so much yourself But, but that's personally. the thing, it's like the, finding the balance because you need to delegate but also be in, you know, in control of, of what's happening because it's quite easy to be swept up by uh, members of your team <laughs> yeah, yeah. that, you know, sort of take over. And for some artists, uh, that's great, like that's what they need in order to be creative. Um, but I think more and more so it's becoming an advantage as an artist to actually be heavily involved in the business side of your artist project Yeah. because um, it just leaves you less vulnerable, you know? And um, if you actually know the decisions that you're making because you are making them and not somebody else, yeah. then, um, yeah, you, <laughs> you're just going to be in a way better situation. And, yeah, definitely. And you can never really, like, look back and be like, oh, damn, that person or this thing. Because, no, you entered into it like knowing exactly what you were doing. So it's just a lesson learned. But you can't ever really blame it on anybody else because you were actively taking those decisions and understanding them. Yeah, again, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, the way I I always kind of look at it is that, you know, ultimately you're you're the employer. It's down to Mm -hmm. you to employ the right people. It's the same same with any job, with any kind of, you know, know, any line manager will tell you the same thing as well. And any director, it's about, okay, look, we'll... This is the project. I'm the head of the project. This is my creative yeah. vision, and I need you guys to all work together to do to yeah, deliver this. Exactly, so. and it, it's a way more empowering 
approach really and and also like team members will sometimes you know like some people will leave or you know won't work Mm -hmm. and you don't want to end up back on square one without any contact any knowledge or having learned anything because you were doing everything through somebody else yeah sure and i've seen that happen to a lot of people and yeah you know it's it's a shame because it, it feels way better to actually feel like you're learning and you're a part of, and, and you, <laughs> of, of and you, everything and that's happening. And you made happening. it happen as well. Yeah. So things do happen. You're like, okay, yeah, I can. Mm. I, there's a there's a tangible area here where I actually yeah. I actually had an input and made a difference. And yeah. and it's definitely a lot more rewarding. And like you say, it doesn't leave you high and dry if somebody needs mm-hmm. needs to kind of move on and stuff. I mean, we've we've noticed here that you know you're obviously really kind of you know tech and business savvy and and just just in terms of kind of wanting to be involved. I mean, how how did you kind of approach approach that? in general is in terms of kind of putting you know building that team is it did you kind of wait for people to approach you did, or did you set out with like okay I've identified I need you know I need to fill I need to fill these roles in these areas or like how did it kind of work um, for you it's kind of a combination because um and it as you like get further on in music you'll learn that there are certain things that you can't really approach like you have to wait for them to come to you because otherwise they're not going to be serious about wanting to work with you in a proper really you know passionate way Um, so there's certain members of your team that you definitely have to wait for them to come to you but as long as you're doing um, stuff that you know you really enjoy somebody else is going to really enjoy them too (laughs) probably you know Um, so eventually like as long as you're being proactive those people will appear but it's good to actually know in the back of your mind who you need because otherwise you won't recognize them or their importance when they appear yeah so you're gonna miss out on seeing something that's you know potentially really useful so it's good to identify what you actually need at certain points in your career and kind of just put that intention out and then you know let the universe do the work <laughs> yeah absolutely. I'm, a, I'm a big believer in the yeah. universe so yeah definitely so yeah cool so uh, we mentioned a couple of the collaborations uh that you, you know you've done kind of in the past and you've done you've done a few uh i've got I've got some names here acacia and son nakala you've kind of worked mm-hmm. with uh in the past i it, i think it'd be really interesting to kind of find out typically for you how do those collaborations come about you know first mm-hmm. and foremost you know what What's the what's the approach with that? Is it a kind of the universe working, mm-hmm. or is it a strategic, you know, kind of thing? Um, and do you think that those collaborations have helped you grow as an artist, both in terms of creatively, in terms of you know your songwriting and your your artistic output, and also commercially? Do you think that those collaborations have have, uh, have benefited you as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. So that's a lot of questions in yeah. one question. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. trying to pick so one what was to the que- answer. What was the question? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so yeah. So it's but yeah, it's about kind of really how they kind of come about. Like how does yeah. the, how do those collaborations? come Well, about? Um, it's just like a again random mixture of everything. Um, you can never sort of pinpoint like one way that these things come about. Um, but I definitely started out. Re- just reaching out to people that I admired on SoundCloud um, like years back and just being like, hey, you want to work, you know? Okay, cool. So how <laughs> and, did, I mean, how did, like, literally, how did you connect, like, connect with them? There was just like a yeah, message? Yeah, literally or... just messages on SoundCloud. Oh, wow, cool. That was a whole thing. That was a whole vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's amazing to know that that works for, you know, because some artists yeah. are just like, you know, and actually some, in, mm-hmm. I've been to various things where actually the, the advice is, is, you know, don't do that. But yeah. actually if it works for you, then... 
Great. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, it's just whatever, like, level you're at. You have to start somewhere, you know? And when you don't know anybody and you need people to produce stuff, you know, yeah. with and to work with, um, you just have to use whatever tools you can to start getting... Because you need to get material out. In order to get material out and, you know, you constantly want to try and up the quality. So you're constantly aiming a little bit higher than what you feel like you're currently at um so working with people that can produce things to a to another level because even though i know how to produce i've never really um committed to production in a way to really produce my stuff to the very end yeah it's yeah, mostly sure. just been like uh producing demos and then taking it um to a producer and working together on it um like songwriting has mainly been like my um my main focus always yeah. and what like drives me so um, just finding people that, you know, can kind of complete the puzzle uh, because production drives them yeah. has been really the key to a lot of my project. Okay. So I've worked with a lot of different producers. Yeah, yeah. And it's made me into the songwriter that I am today just because I've it's made me flexible. It's made me be able to work with a range of different people in different ways at different levels and just constantly be thrown in to different sessions and um, be able to cope. Yeah, with it. yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's been super helpful. So, okay. so, so, so helpful because recording in itself is like a, a whole skill set, you Absolutely, know? Absolutely, yeah. And um, you just continue working at it and working at it and working at it. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely been really good in terms of just the networks as well because mm. um, the more people you work with, the larger your network gets, um, the more your your name gets around, etc. And um, I've been very um, kind of proactive about trying to introduce people and trying to be like a positive part of the industry, like yeah. at at every level. Even that, that, when I that sometimes can be difficult to mm. you know in the in the first instance, especially if you're mm -hmm. kind of you know you've got a great connection or you've got a, you know mm -hmm. you've, you've made a good contact your your work is you know mm -hmm. you're doing really good work with them and then to then kind of share that connection with other people <laughs> sometimes you can be like no this is my connection yeah and there, there was so. definitely a time where I felt like that in the beginning of uh, my project but um I quite quickly uh, well not super quickly but <laughs> um <laughs> and like it took me it took me a year or so yeah um to figure it out and it was just like mainly a switch in mindset because okay. I was actually um depressed at the time like when I started my artist project okay um so for that first year I was in like a very negative mindset in my um mind space yeah so space mind space yeah so it was, so it was affecting your decision making exactly with, with everything and, and i general. did feel very much like um oh like this contact like i need to hold on to it like it's the the ring or something <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's just no like it does not work like that like that doesn't you're working against yourself yeah like yeah. that's not going to help anyone yeah definitely <laughs> you know yeah. and as soon as i kind of changed my mindset and became like first of all more positive and and more willing to share and and just like yeah just more open um and more open-minded that kind of turned things around completely okay because the first so thing, year things started yeah. happening for you yeah exactly first year everything felt like i was work, walking through mud everything was such an effort blah 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 mm. um and then as soon as i kind of had that switch go off 
um, things just seamlessly started, you know, started to fall into place. And yeah. um, it was like, you know, the universe was working with me instead of against me. Yeah, well, because you yeah. were working with the universe. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's kind of the thing. That's, that's, kind of, that's the it's, deal, it's isn't it? It's becoming a soul. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, so in terms of those kind of collaborations, like they, they obviously, are, you know, clearly that's had a really positive, uh, you know, effect and impact on you you know, generally with your creativity and stuff like that. Do you, do you think that this kind of um, strategically on a commercial level that this kind of helps as well in terms of working with, with different artists, in terms of the exposure that that sometimes gets, you know, for their audiences? And has that, has that been something that's worked for you or, yeah, or not really something you focus on? Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I, I've been reluctant in the past to think about my music in commercial terms, but yeah. at some point you have to acknowledge that you are a product like or you're creating a product your yeah. artist project it's, it's when you're trying you're, you're kind of earning a living from it yeah. and you know that kind of thing yeah. you, there's a certain exactly. element of thinking and of it so that you way. do need to be able to separate yourself from your project and, and think of it you know um in terms of you know commercial success or whatnot and, yeah. and have some goals in place but you can't let it run the show because that takes the creativity out of it and, yeah. and the fun out of it completely. It's, it's hard at the end so, of the day and it's, yeah. really, it's really hard so to... you know at the end of the day you have to remember like why you're doing this yeah um, so that's always been important to me, but, um, I've definitely had to kind of just learn on the go, like, you know, all of these things, all these weird rules about like, oh, you can't do that many features because then you're a feature artist and you're not an artist anymore. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. What, what's that? And, yeah. and, um, I definitely, you know, did things in an unconventional way yeah but i think i think that's in some ways that's kind of indicative of where we're at as an industry mm-hmm. now yeah. as well a little bit i mean I, again i've worked with an artist that actually has six releases out mm-hmm. but none of them are her own release yeah. so actually if you look mm-hmm. at her artist profile you know on, yeah. on one of the music services and stuff actually none of these things mm-hmm. but they're features that she's done on kind of other yeah. people's tracks and she's actually you know developing a really good mm-hmm. but all of a sudden it's like okay so She's like, I haven't even dropped my first single yeah. yet, but, yeah. but she's out there and people know her, and yeah. you know, which is and it, that is so that actually mm-hmm. as a strategy is kind of working for her, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily the right approach yeah. for every artist. It just depends yeah. where you're at. As an I mean, artist, at the end so. of the day, it's it's trial and error, and like everybody has to go through it in different ways. And the only thing you really can do is use whatever tools and whatever you've learned up until now, whatever you have available to you, use mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, and. You know, if if all of the rules are basically telling you you can't do anything because if you do anything, you'll ruin it, then don't listen to the rules because Mm -hmm. you need to do something. You know, that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you can't follow the the rules because you don't have, you're not in a position, you don't have like a manager doing everything for you and opening all these doors, then you need to find a way to to take the steps that's going to get you there. Yeah. You know, because it's all steps that comes down to it. Like you can't just like, you know, jump over all of these steps and and end up where you want to be yeah absolutely i mean so i mean talking about rules and you mm-hmm. know breaking them or making your own mm-hmm. um i'd love to talk to you about your your release strategy mm-hmm. um because you know that for me kind of defies traditional convention you know mm-hmm. you've been releasing music for a, for a little while now um but you've you know you've yet to, to, to do your debut album for instance you know you've mm-hmm. had you've had a lot of singles out there you've done some collaborations you've had a couple of EPs you know that kind of has that been like a deliberate thing on your part in terms of kind of you know building yourself as an artist and and certainly kind of within the context of today's you know kind of climate and you know in, in the music industry um yeah definitely and I feel like 
um, as an up, up and coming artist in today's climate, people have a very short attention span. Yeah. So really, uh, just the more music you release, the better, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people don't think that. Um, I think it just depends on where you're at. If you're Rihanna, you can afford to go quiet for two years and then come back to like a you know massive applause. Yeah. But if nobody knows about you yet, then don't do that. You uh-huh. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, you want to be yeah. reminding people or, or finding new fans. Yeah. Like, all the time and it's like it's also just depends on like what your groove is like like how what feels comfortable to you like what is like mentally like sustainable as well Mm -hmm. like um finding a balance like is it mentally sustainable to not release anything for two years and feel really depressed about it Mm. or um is it mentally sustainable to release a single every month for some people no for me um i write a lot so yes yeah, yeah, <laughs> it sure. works yeah. but it's different for everybody and you just have to settle into a groove that works for you and i'm probably not going to release a single every month forever but um <laughs> i'm <laughs> but right doing now it that this works year yeah yeah sure <laughs> and it's working yeah yeah so i mean is, is there is there an album to come from you in the future is that or is that something that's not important to um, you or right now or um, there is an album. I'm not asking um, for a release date, by the way. I'm just, I'm just kind of, in terms of kind of getting... It's, it's brewing. It's, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's in the works. So it's, okay. It's so, so it that... is something that you're kind of at some point in the future kind of working yeah. towards. And mm-hmm. okay. So for you, as far as the album, as a, as a, as a thing, as a concept, as a, as a body of work, is that, that's kind of something that's important to you or yeah to, I mean, to have like I, I really, what would can be considered as your debut album you still think that's important yeah i really do appreciate like um you know releasing a body of work is as something consistent like a like a time stamp you know yeah 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 <laughs> this, is, this is me as an artist at this time in my yeah, life yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and i do think that that's powerful and i do think that that's something that fans like the the people that actually really connect with your music that's something that they really appreciate yeah so if anything um i don't necessarily see it as the the smartest you know way to do things commercially mm-hmm. um because people have you know all sorts of ideas about when is the right time to release a debut album and you know it's, it's and the it, attention span thing that you mentioned before yeah exactly as well, and so. you know like um if you're at a certain level like most of the songs that aren't going to be singles aren't going to get much exposure at all so what's the point like da 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 but the people that are actually you know really really into your music they're the ones that are really going to enjoy that and and that's going to solidify your relationship to them even more Absolutely, and really yeah. it's all about cultivating the best kind of relationship with those people yeah and being as accessible to them as possible i think mm-hmm. like um on social media like you know I try to respond to like most things and um, just like, you know, have like conversations with people and actually be like a real person. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's important to think about more so um, like the actual artist fan relationship then is this going to be the best thing commercially for me right now yeah definitely that's really mm-hmm. cool i mean I'd, I'd like again i wanted to kind of talk to you about the social media stuff because mm-hmm. there's something that i've noticed you know you're really uh you know kind of prolific with your you know social media in terms of the way you kind of engage with your fans and, and that kind of thing um you, obviously recently you did the uh, no regrets challenge mm-hmm. um i definitely wanted to kind of like touch into that and for you to kind of tell people about you know what that was you know mm-hmm. what it, what what inspired it um yeah. and it was it was kind of based around the single regrets that, yeah. you, that you'd kind of put out um 
I'd just love to know kind of, you know, what the response was. Were, were, mm-hmm. were people into the idea? You know, did you did you get a positive, you know, some positive feedback from that as a... Um, yeah, know, the, I mean, definitely there was a lot of really positive feedback. I think with anything like that, whenever you do some sort of like challenge or yeah. engagement thing so or can you, on can social you media... Can you explain what it, what it is for people oh, yeah, that, might, that might not know? So um, the song Regrets uh, was about uh, basically anxiety and struggling with depression and um, a sense of, you know, not wanting to be so fearful of taking risks and, um, yeah, just basically longing for a sense of fearlessness. Okay. Um, so because it was Mental Health Month, um, in May, um, I tied it into a, a social media challenge called No Regrets Challenge and did a series of videos uh, where me and my friends are basically just talking about uh, mental health in like an honest way. Okay. And uh, basically there were two questions um, and it was, have you ever struggled with mental health and what were some of the tools that you used to cope with it? And, uh, yeah, I just ran the videos on my Insta and um, started a conversation and people would leave the responses in the comments or, like, as a story and I would share it on my story. And, yeah, like, as with... Whenever you do something like that, it's always a bit scary because you're like, what are people going to think? Or, yeah, like, what well, you're, are... You're putting yourself out there. Yeah, the like, day, is anybody so. going to do it? And it's like, at the, like, even if one person does it, like, yeah. if it's going to help one person, if you're doing it from a from a place of this is genuinely something that you care about and something that you feel is important, even if people are too cool to even engage with it, like, it's going to help someone, Yeah, you know? so actually, even if they didn't engage you yeah. know, physically with, the, you know, mm-hmm. with your post or with your video, they may be taking something away pri- exactly. privately. And, exactly, yeah, and, and just, just the fact that we got together and had that conversation on video, and you know, provided some really, like, great insight and... and like great thoughts and a lot of people reached out and said that they appreciated it so yeah uh, yeah i do, do you, think what did you what do you feel like you do you feel like you kind of learned anything from from that process like what were the well, i know it wasn't <laughs> like a study but like what were the findings yeah. you know like just was it were you kind of um i mean did it, you just did you, did you really just sort of feel like you gave people a forum to come forward and a forum to say you know actually like this is what's you know this is real, this is what has happened with me and just giving people like mm-hmm. an opportunity to feel like they could sort yeah, of speak about Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely like, because um, I opened up um, as well and, and shared, you know, my own experiences and that kind of allowed people to see a different side of me, even though I'm very honest in my songs, like if you listen to the lyrics um, of my songs, like the whole story, like everything is just there. Yeah, but, well, actually um, I've got the lyrics from Regrets here, so it's a lyric that really kind of stood out to me, um, you know, on, on a kind of personal level, and I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing of why people really kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of connects with you. Um, but yeah, so the, the lyric, and I'm going to read it out, mm-hmm. it's been, you know, <laughs> I hope that's cool, but yeah, it says, I'm sorry I did it, I already, already regret it, I sometimes feel like I'm not safe, I'm sorry I said it. I get so sick of pretending everything is always okay. Mm-hmm. Like that for me, especially that last line was just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, like yeah. instantly relate, you know, yeah, to yeah. that. So um, yeah, so it, it's something that I feel like 
um, I'm quite honest about in my lyrics, but I don't necessarily go on my social media and like talk into the camera. Like I'm yeah. not really one of those people. No. Well, that's um, what that's what songs are for, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but it's good to kind of like push yourself out of your comfort zone a bit. And doing that challenge was definitely a challenge for me. Yeah, <laughs> just to go out and actually like show my face and like and talk. Yeah, we're well, kind of burying <laughs> burying your soul a bit there as yeah. well. So yeah, in in a different like medium than music and I think it's uh, it's important to play with that now and again as well yeah yeah um, and not just stay within the comfort zone you know yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so I mean in terms of your your kind of process for lyric writing and that kind of thing like is there do you is it really just a kind of day-to-day whatever you're inspired by whatever you kind of you know is there any kind of process where you sit down I mean I know recently you've been doing a lot of songwriting camps and working with a lot of different people you know and that kind of thing as well mm-hmm. just it'd be really cool to hear about like that process and how you um, so I usually don't have concepts or anything. I just go into a session and kind of, um, feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, the music will just bring out like different random bits that I, sometimes that I didn't even know were there. And sometimes I won't know what the hell I've written the song about yeah. until like a year later and I'll be like, oh, that's what it was yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's clicked. Yeah. yeah, or I won't know until I get to the chorus or something and then it'll kind of piece itself together. Um, yeah. And it, it's kind of like, it, it's like not thinking. It's like the opposite of thinking okay. in a weird way. Yeah. I'm not one of those songwriters that thinks their way to yeah. the song. Like, it's just like yeah. a kind of stream of unconsciousness. It, yeah, it's a stream of consciousness. Yeah. It's like a s- subconscious writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think because everyone, everyone is different, mm-hmm. I think it's cool yeah. sometimes to understand like what people's processes mm-hmm. are. Because again, I think you can overthink these things. And I definitely think, so, you know, with a, mm-hmm. certainly some songwriters and some, you know, lyricists that I, mm-hmm. that I know are kind of, they're really like, you know, Oh yeah, kind I know. of or really kind of go fully into it, but they also also yeah. kind of sometimes are in danger of overthinking it, mm-hmm. and that, that's when they kind of reach this like, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't write anything today because I'm just yeah. like you've almost kind of built up too much. Yeah, pressure. like getting in your own way. Like yeah, yeah. That, that's the main thing for me. It's just I've like built trust with myself yeah. to just be like I'm not even going to think about what I'm going to write about today. Amazing. I'm just going to go in and blah yeah whatever comes out comes <laughs> whatever out whatever comes out comes out yeah yeah that's awesome so how how are you kind of building on the like the recent successes of your uh, releases and obviously you're, you're kind of doing live shows now um you know they're kind of, kind of popping up more and more which is great mm-hmm. um like what what's your kind of vision for for the delivery of your music in a live environment in the future like what like ide- <laughs> ideal oh world God. ideal world like what do you want to be you know what do you want to be doing uh ideal world for live performance i mean would be to really like put on a show like to have a crazy ass budget (laughs) and you know get the fire huge production fire dancers out and like the (laughs) you know go crazy yeah even though that's kind of the opposite of my music. Yeah, music yeah. Is like I'm, very I'm, trying to, understated. I'm, I'm trying to put these things together. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I know. Yeah. But <laughs> I, isn't that the ideal for everyone? I feel yeah. like if you really like could go crazy, like budget wise with your shows, like that's what you want. Like when you go you and spend it on pyro, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when you go and see a show, that's what you want to be like dazzled. You yeah, know, yeah. you want, you want all of it. You my want face like burn the, off. <laughs> yeah, literally, you know, like it's not like, um, I mean, it's great to just hear 
a voice live. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, it, it would be cool to, like, put on a show show. Yeah, you yeah, know? <laughs> absolutely. Well, cool. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, hope that, I hope that happens in the future. Yeah. Um, but for now, I guess it's a little more demure and a little more kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah. This, is, this is chill now. So, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, I mean, in tech, like, what, so what does the rest of the, you know, the future hold for you? What are you kind of working on now? You know, what's the, you know, what's coming up in the next kind of few months and maybe, you know, later this year, next year? That kind um, of so it, a lot of it is, like, about just for me in terms of just wrapping up the songs because I'm releasing a single every month so all the songs are done but it's like a lot of it is just finalizing artwork and music videos and Mm -hmm. the whole like release strategy for um for the singles and such and making sure that everything is happening on time and yeah you know (laughs) following up (laughs) yeah and things like that um and I've got a show in London, uh, the 20th of June at the waiting room. Mm-hmm. So I'm rehearsing for that at the moment. And um, yeah, excited to do that. And uh, then it's kind of like um, everything is is up in the air at the moment. Okay. I do have a, an announcement coming up, but um, for now it's under wraps. Exciting. So okay, it's, cool. It's Watch the space then. Okay. <laughs> that's really yeah. cool mm-hmm. cool great okay cool well that is it's been so cool to have you in and yeah. so cool to kind of Thank chat you. a little bit more detail about where you've come from where you're headed and and everything that's going on with you right now so thanks ever so much for coming in yeah thanks for having me Thanks for listening to Music Made Me, the TuneCore podcast. The opinions expressed in this episode are those of the individuals talking and don't necessarily reflect the opinions of TuneCore. Check out TuneCore.com to help you distribute your music, register your original songs worldwide, and more. Connect with us on all social channels at TuneCore. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. 